Hello, and welcome to the Linton Witness Project. Thanks so much for listening in today. And we hope that by listening to these stories of God's presence in someone's life, that it draws God closer to you in your life. And now then, today let's enjoy Al's story. Hi, I'm Al. It started with an evening phone call. It was a shock. The person on the line was Ruth, a good friend of my youngest brother, Neil. Neil lived in Taos, New Mexico. Ruth was calling to say that Neil had been taken the night before to the emergency room of the Taos Hospital with very strange symptoms. Incoherent speech, inability to recognize his friends, and a stumbling gait. He'd been examined and released with a diagnosis of Alzheimer's onset and a prescription for Airset. Needless to say, his friends were aghast. This was not the Neil that they knew a few weeks ago. There are four key people in this story. Ruth, Aaron and Mike, who were Ruth's daughter and son-in-law, and both physicians, and of course, Neil. There were many others as well, and I believe the power of God worked through them. Our prayer group at St. Gregory's was a part of that story too. First, a little background on my family and me. I come from a large five children family whose faith life withered early in my upbringing. I was exposed to nominal Protestant Sunday school until about the age of eight, along with my older sister. My sister and I are the only baptized Christians of the five. During World War II, I remember grace before family meals, and my parents attended church occasionally. In later years, my mother became very antagonistic toward religion, declared herself an atheist, and gave frequently to Freedom From Religion Foundation. I was not baptized until age 32, and that was after attending an inquirer's class. It was facilitated by an acquaintance of mine who was an Episcopal priest. I'd offered to attend as a devil's advocate, but the revealed power of Jesus' works and the parables reinforced my own sense of social justice. And having a believing, church-going spouse, Cecile, reinforced my belief. I was a Christian, but the nature of God I found and still do find elusive. It's been my observation that we feel closest to God in time of trial and are agnostic a lot of the other times. Now back to Neil and the key people. Aaron and Mike, the physicians. Ruth was a nurse, and it's probably the best thing he had going for him. They formed a friend's task force, got a schedule of people to stay with Neil in his home. Aaron did the collaboration with Neil's primary care physician, and they started working on a schedule of specialists to visit. Denver was the medical center they chose. Cecile and I agreed heartily, and Ruth and Megan, her other daughter, brought Neil to our house. That itself was tough. Neil was a handful. He would repeat things over and over, kept saying he had a meeting to attend, 
pulling out papers from his shirt and writing notes. He wanted to eat all the time, even at 2 a.m. in the morning. We scheduled the Denver specialists. A neurologist we had thought would manage his care turned out to be rather disinterested. He sent us to a kidney specialist because of a low sodium condition. And the kidney specialist said, well, he's probably drinking too much. He wasn't. Appointments were hard to fit in. It was late November. The holidays were making it more difficult. Further tests were needed and could not be scheduled till December. I took Neil back to Taos, made sure he had people who could drop in or stay with him, and knew that we'd be back in Denver soon. Without going through all the details, he went through a bunch of tests. They all were negative, and he was stable, but not getting any better. And he insisted on going back to Taos again for a Christmas party at his house, hosted by his friends. Meanwhile, the doctors, Aaron and Mike, were working hard, networking with friends, studying medical extracts about patients with similar conditions, and pushing for more tests. Pater, a doctor in Switzerland, through a third-party dialogue with Mike, made a suggested diagnosis. Mike and Aaron convinced Neil's personal care physician that Neil had an autoimmune disease of the brain. It was a rare one, limbic encephalopathy. They convinced Neil's health insurer to allow massive doses of cortisone derivatives. It worked. By the end of January, Neil was becoming his old self. I thought, now, that is a minor miracle. So far, but much more to do. We'd already determined Neil could no longer safely live in the house that he had so lovingly built, and he very reluctantly agreed to list it. Cecile and I asked him whether he'd like to live near us in Denver or somewhere else. He said he thought Albuquerque, either near or with Ruth. Ruth didn't know this yet. We were skeptical that she would agree. There were more trips by me to Taos, and he had to be watched carefully during the steroid infusions. He did recover enough to do his taxes. Then, on Good Friday, disaster. Relapse. He stumbled into Aaron's house, incoherent, and collapsed. She got him to the Taos emergency room. They decided he needed care beyond their capability and put him in an ambulance to Albuquerque. He became comatose en route, and they had to stop short and go to Santa Fe to an emergency room there to briefly stabilize him and then continue to the medical center at the University of New Mexico. Turns out Ruth is a nurse there, but in a different area. He spent several weeks in intensive care. It was touch and go for a while, but he did recover gradually. A major miracle. But there's more. During recovery, it was decided that he had to have a place to live after he got out of the hospital. Where would he go? We started looking at senior living, what have you, recovery places. And finally, Ruth said, 
Well, I guess he could come to my house. So he did. Well, guess what? The romance of old Neil and Ruth suddenly waxed again. And, surprise to us, they decided to use the occasion of my 80th birthday celebration with our extended family here in Denver to announce their forthcoming marriage to be held in Albuquerque the next month. At that wedding, I served as best man, and I offered the traditional toast, praising the bride and so on. But I also said, who would have thought of it? A year ago, almost to the day, we were confronted with the event of shocking proportion with Neil's sudden mysterious illness. Without the support of his now official family members, it's doubtful he would be with us today. It is a story serendipitous, a tale of major proportions, that out of a fractured relationship and the evil of a mysterious, deadly disease has come the miracle of a reunification and the healing of the patient. Neil and Ruth, I salute you. Your coming together in marriage is a joy. It is divine providence. These events taught me the importance of prayer, followed by action. The collaboration of good friends, relatives, lovers, professionals, working hard together with often frustrating tasks. I have the faith in the power of God for overcoming evil. It often requires action by us. We are God's hands, heart, head and feet. Praise be to God. Thank you, Al. This concludes today's episode of the Linton Witness Project. Check back in tomorrow for a fresh story of God's presence in someone's life. Until then, let's all go be the love, the hope, and the comfort of Jesus Christ in our world. Thanks be to God.